Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today is a super exciting episode. Uh, another one of my clients is coming on today. Amy is coming on to tell her her journey, which is a really, really interesting journey, and I think it needs to be heard. Um, Amy is a huge advocate of women's health and health in general, and this journey has been incredible. We are working together for probably about five or six months, and it's, it's been kind of during a weird time as well and i think it's important to for amy to kind of talk about what's tweaked what's been changed how how she worked on certain different things and how it wasn't kind of like an all or nothing approach which was so many people adopt when they do go on any journey it doesn't matter if it's a work journey or anything like that so amy thank you so much for coming on i am so happy to be here i'm a huge fan of your client podcasts and as we were chatting just before we came on, like that's what what drew me to you in the first place was the podcast and was hearing client journeys and hearing you talking about different things and having that sense of, oh, someone gets me, someone understands where I'm coming from and someone might be able to help me. So I'm so happy to be here. The reason why I wanted Amy to kind of come on because her journey has been, everyone's journey is so, so different, but I think Amy's journey in particular has been quite unique. Um, and I think I'm going to let Amy take the microphone now and I'm just going to sit back and have a cup of coffee, but I'm going to let Amy talk about her story um, and why you kind of, what was, why did you kind of choose to kind of go down the kind of the coaching route for yourself? Okay, so yeah, there's, there's a lot to unbox here, as they say. So I suppose I have been, I guess, on a diet in, you know, inverted commas, since I was probably 14 or 15. And that's when I became more aware of calories and aware of putting on weight. And obviously you're in that teenage mode where you're like, oh, everyone's looking at me. And you're, you know, you have that sense of kind of um, just, you know, heightened self-awareness, I guess. So that's kind of been constant but I've always been lucky because I loved exercise and I've always been very active so that kind of always saved me in a sense that like you know even though I was an emotional eater always and that's something that I'm going to talk about in a minute because that's one of the things I overcame and the biggest thing that um, I overcame on the journey with yourself and uh, an amazing thing to overcome um, so yeah like as as time has gone on I did the shakes diet I did I remember when we had our initial consultation you were like what the hell is celebrity slim? And I was like, yeah, it was like this. And I was like, kind of embarrassed. I was like, yeah, it was one of those shakes diets. And I did it to fit into like a graduation dress and it worked, but it worked obviously for the wrong reasons. And we know that now. Um, I've, I've been to one, um, am I allowed to say diet group names? You can say what you want. I've said work, so it's fine. <laughs> I've been to one Slimming World, I don't know, are they called classes or sessions or whatever? And it initially, like straight away, when I walked in, I was like, oh man, this is not for me. Like, this is just, no, I, I, I'm like weighed in front of people and, um, it just was so complicated and you were given this book and there were sins and there was things to follow. And that's one thing that I will say about working with you straight off the bat is how simple it is and how easy it is, but how effective it is at the same time. Um, so like I say, I guess I've always been an emotional eater and as the years have gone on, I'm 34. So as the years have gone on, I've seen weight creep up on me and I have always kind of been like oh like what am I going to be like when I'm 40 I seem to have been like putting on a half a stone almost every year for the last couple of years and I was like this isn't good I need to, there's something here I need to address and back right before I sent that email to you I had 
sat on the couch and I ate about four bars of chocolate, like big bars of chocolate. And I felt so awful about myself. And I felt really just, just really crap. And really like I've properly lost control. And even my husband turned around and he was like, wow, like what, what is the story here? You're like, you're really, you, you've totally gone off the tracks completely. Um, and that was on a, that was a Saturday night. And on a Sunday night, I sat down with my laptop and I was like, okay, I need help. I need to find somebody. And it wasn't necessarily like, I need to find a trainer. I was like, I need to find somebody that for me understands women's health and that, and I'll talk about my endometriosis journey at another point in this chat, but I need to find somebody that understands women's health and that can hold me accountable. And I remember hearing you on, um, or Laura's views actually that I follow on Instagram. I remember hearing you speak to her and then getting onto your podcast and hearing different things that you were talking about. And I was like, oh, this, this guy sounds like he could definitely help me. So I suppose what I came to you looking for was, like I said, accountability and someone who understood women's health. What I kind of thought I was going to get was, and I mentioned this in my um, Instagram video that you put up, I thought I was going to get like an army sergeant of someone that was going to be like, do not eat that piece of bread, put down that chocolate. And in our first conversation, you said, have chocolate every day. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to work. This is totally going to work. We are going to be good friends because um, I've, I've done all of that. I've, I've limited myself. I've been on a no sugar diet I've been on a no bread diet I've been on all these kind of little weird things and again and I hope I'm not going off on a tangent but it, it really struck me when I listened to Anne-Marie's um, episode of the podcast where she talked about um like that kind of like black and white mentality of all or nothing and that is me or was me I should say it, it isn't anymore um but it was me in a massive way because I kind of thought so you're either going to the gym five days a week or you're not doing anything and neither are good and neither are good for me so like I say when I, when I came to you I thought I was going to get a sergeant general telling me these different things and and um being super hard on me but what I then learned was I didn't need that because I'm hard enough or was hard enough on myself um where I actually needed you was for you to pull me back on being hard on myself and um yeah that's kind of that's kind of what I got I suppose from working with you I've gotten not just the accountability and somebody who understood women's health but education and as much as I, I thought I knew different things about nutrition sometimes someone points out the obvious to you and you go oh my gosh like yeah that works um why didn't I think of that and it's so obvious but it's I don't know maybe it's the delivery maybe it's just in the context I'm not I'm not sure but uh yeah that's kind of that's what I got from yourself was just that understanding and that compassion that I kind of didn't have for myself I remember one time in particular close to the beginning um and I had had a week and like, again, I'll talk about this, like there are weeks where I have migraines, there are weeks where I had vertigo, there are weeks where I, uh, you know, at one point I said, oh my God, Shane is going to think I'm a complete hypochondriac because I had, I just had a really crappy month at one point where I had a migraine and then vertigo and then I had really bad period pain and then I had something else. And obviously it affected my workouts, it affected my steps and my eating and whatnot. Um, but it was just having somebody there that was like able to say, 
it's okay like calm down and I remember filling out my feedback form and saying I'm really annoyed at myself I'm so upset that I didn't get my four workouts in and you said to me and it stuck in my head where is this negative voice coming from where is this pressure coming from is it coming from family is it coming from social media is it coming from yourself and I, and that hit me like a train I was like oh wow okay no this is 100% coming from myself and that was another thing that I needed to focus on and that I needed to work on in order for me to almost release myself to go on this journey and to change all of the habits that I needed to change in order to be successful there's so much there like I was kind of like I could literally just sit here all day because a- Amy has a has a way of delivery and she has a very very successful job and she's so used to doing presentations um so there's so much there I think the the thing there at the last little bit that, that you spoke about is about how to talk to yourself in a more positive manner what like you, you said the kind of sentence I don't even realize I say the sentences by the way um but it's funny when you say something once you don't know if it's going to hit someone, but the millionth time you say it, then it ultimately just clicks. What have you changed for yourself and how you actually speak to yourself? Is there certain times that you do that or is it kind of a continuous thing that you're showing up for yourself each day and you're saying to yourself, I'm doing this for me, I'm doing this for Amy or what is it that's kind of like changed for you on that side? So uh, there's a a couple of things there. Um, I think being, being kind to myself on a general basis and um I guess around the time my period so like the week before and the week of like the week before I am absolutely exhausted and that's where before I I started working with you that's where a lot of my frustration came from because I thought that I should have the x amount of energy for four weeks of the month and why am I not on week three why am I not um you know as energetic as I was last week and it was, it was just completely being hard on myself. So that week before where I'm literally just lying on the couch, like so tired that I could actually cry and I have cried, but having that empathy for myself to go, no, it's fine. And like, um, what I really, really took from you as well was that, you know, you said on those days, just go for a walk, just get up, do just move, just do something. So having that kind of like almost a negotiation with myself as to say, well, you can sit here and be hard on yourself or you can just get up, walk to the shop for 10 minutes and come back and you'll feel better and whatever else. So I think just self-compassion um, massively helped me and definitely understanding that at certain times of the month, I'm not going to be as energetic. And again, um, going back to Amory's like black and white, kind of like all or nothing situation, I've learned to be compassionate with myself and that I am not going to be able to go to the gym or work out four days a week every week that's not going to happen um and I suppose it's really just level setting my expectations of myself and again it comes back to talking to yourself like you would talk to somebody else like I'm great for giving advice and I'm great for telling people not to be hard on themselves and um give yourself a break and whatever else but when it comes to myself I used to be so much harder like well I have a higher expectation for myself um so that's kind of where where that came from in general um you know that tied in massively with the emotional eating so on the days where I would feel bad about myself and I would be so tired and I'd say oh I should be able and you know I I also struggle with my mental health and I see a counsellor and one of the things my counsellor said to me is should is not allowed in this room should is not a word that 
should, you know, should be used because you make a decision. So if you're going to say, oh, I should go to the gym in that moment, are you going to the gym or are you not? If you're going, great. If you're not, chalk it down, put it away and just get on with it. Don't beat yourself up because you didn't go. So all of those little small things kind of all came together and it just made me more just kinder to myself, like I said, more more compassionate. And it just, I don't know, it allows you to kind of get out of your own way and just get on with things and say, oh, I had a rubbish day today, um, but tomorrow will be better. And that's another thing uh, mentality-wise that I have picked up from working with you is that tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Like, don't go like every Monday, it's a new week. Go tomorrow's a new day. Um, and we can affect things tomorrow that maybe, maybe okay, yeah, maybe today was fine. And, uh, but just like you always say, press the reset button and just get on with it. Don't dwell on the past. Don't beat yourself up over things. And I think as well, like I said, having you as like somebody that's like, calm down, relax. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't like, you know, what, what's the big, what's the, the rush? What's the problem? What's the, you know, why are you so hard on yourself? And, and for somebody to ask you that question sometimes as well, is like calling you out in a different way. It's not calling you out, like get up off your ass and go out for a run. It's calling you out, like, why are you asking or why are you treating yourself this way? So um, I don't know if I've answered your question, but <laughs> I'm sure it's in there somewhere. <laughs> I've forgotten the question. So that's all good. Um, a massive part of your journey is like you've, you've spoken up, you've mentioned at the very beginning about kind of endometriosis. So I'm going to let you, cause this does affect an awful lot of women. And from working with girls who have amenorrhea from PCOS, endometriosis, postnatal, prenatal, there's so many different clients um, and so many different journeys and menopause and perimenopause. And there's so many different journeys a lady goes on. Um, and it's it's important for a girl to understand that every journey is unique. So I'm going to let Amy talk about what is endometriosis? What struggles have you had along the way? What did you implement to manage it? Um, and about kind of the training and managing like you already spoke about kind of managing the migraine the, mig- the, the migraines were a massive part of something that we just needed to say right this is not the day to go this is the day to step the foot off the gas and take an amy day absolutely absolutely so um yeah endometriosis i guess for people that don't know and by the way i'm very explicit in how i explain things so um I, you know, I, I talk very openly about periods. I talk very openly about um, what I've had done and, and different things as well. So, um, you know, if that offends people, that's, you know, not not what I intend on doing. Some people don't like hearing things about women's health, but then I guess they wouldn't be on your podcast if that was the case. So anyway, endometriosis is basically when the lining of your womb grows outside of your womb. So it can attach to your different organs. It can attach to your bowel. And essentially when when we when we menstruate uh, our, our hormones allow the shedding of our of the lining of our womb and with that the other pieces of the womb that have attached to like your bowel or your different organs will shed also and that creates an awful lot of pain and discomfort and it can lead to a lot of complications down the line as well and through you know me speaking out about endometriosis I've been in touch with a lot of other women who suffer with it as well and who've had um you know some some women have had to have uh, hysterectomies like under 30 like you know in some cases it's severe and in a lot of cases as well it goes undetected and it goes undiagnosed for an awful long time so what I would always say to people is that if you feel like your period is not normal if you feel like you have an excessively heavy period um go to your doctor and demand an investigation for me 
I was always low in iron and after a couple of blood tests my doctor was like what is the story here like your iron is just always like ridiculously low what is going on what are your periods like and I said oh they're they're heavy but I guess as a as a woman as a girl um I started my period when I was 10 years old which is like it's so when I think about it now it, it's so young to have to kind of deal with like all this stuff that's going on so as a girl and you know for me like I said I'm 34 growing up in the 90s people didn't talk about women's health people didn't talk about oh you have your period whatever it's not a thing it was always it was very much like you know in national school um boys were put out of the class and the principal told you about pads like you know it was one of those kind of like typical kind of like catholic ireland yeah. uh, attitudes to everything which we suffer for today i believe but i do believe things are changing and i guess it's why i'm so um committed to being an advocate and talking openly about this and even when people feel uncomfortable um like even i talk about things with my dad and i can sense he's like oh and I'm like I don't care this is what like you know if you had a broken arm and um, we talk about this so it's it's the same for women's health so like I say I went to the doctor he was you know kind of talking about my periods how heavy were they and um what I was actually going to say there was that you don't know what another woman goes through so I always thought oh yeah I'm normal of course I'm normal like you default to yeah I have a normal period and then you are crippled lying in bed with period pain and your friend is on the same day of her period and she's out like running or dancing or doing something and you're like what's wrong with me what why am why am I like this like what is the story um in a way thankfully I've grown up with a, a family history of um endometriosis and and heavy periods and whatnot so I had an idea that I probably wasn't normal and that was confirmed as I grew up and as I talked to my friends about periods and about you know just different things and then I went oh wow I, I yeah this isn't this isn't normal at all so it took until I was I think what was I 20s 28 to actually go to a gynecologist which is crazy when you think about it um and it like I say it came from a blood test in the doctor that identified me as being anemic so it wasn't anything to do I was constantly saying yeah I have heavy periods yeah they're extremely painful um I've gotten painkillers from the doctor for it but it was never a case of like we need you to get investigated so I went to the gynecologist for the first time when I was yeah I think 27 28 and he said, okay, well, we need to, we need to have a look inside. So I had a laparoscopy, which is basically an incision in your um, belly button and an incision somewhere else, kind of like around your abdomen. Um, they blow up your abdomen and they basically go in with like a little, um, little camera and they look around all your organs just to see how you're fixed. So when I had that, they discovered that I had endometriosis, which wasn't a huge surprise to me. If anything, it was a relief because it was always almost like a, a confirmation that you're not mad. You're not imagining this. You're not being overly dramatic. You're not a hypochondriac that is kind of like has a low pain threshold. So it was, there was some solace in that. So within that surgery, I had um, a cyst removed from my ovary as well. And then um, a DNC, which is basically just like scraping the lining of the womb out and um, they investigate your womb as well. So I had that and uh, yeah, diagnosed endometriosis. I am in no way uh, a bad case. So I do need to say that I'm, I'm in no way a bad case whatsoever, but I do have monthly effects from it. So 
for me it is like you mentioned migraine um definitely like really bad period pains and tiredness um you know sometimes sometimes as a girl you go through stuff and you're kind of like you don't link it to your period because you're like it's just life you kind of just get on with it but um yeah definitely in terms of affecting my my training and my nutrition the migraines and the pain and the fatigue were all factors that I needed to um, account for when you and I were working together. And that's, again, where I needed someone to say, stop being so hard on yourself. Like, you know, you're crippled with period pains. Like, that's like, you know, that's OK. You're, you're you know, it's, it was almost for someone to say you're allowed to lie on the couch. Do you know that kind of way? I know it sounds silly, but it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. One thing I will say, and that I'd love for somebody to take from this, is that what you always said to me is, you know, and, and, I, and I get that from your perspective, it, it must be quite difficult to try and tell women these things because they're probably like, well, you don't suffer. And particularly when, you know, it's a time of the month where you might be a little bit more testy than normal. Um, getting out for a walk when you have period pain works and I, I suppose I can only talk from my own perspective but it works and you always said that and at the beginning I was kind of like yeah okay Shane yeah and then I started to do it so I started to kind of you know maybe in the morning where I knew okay I'm gonna get my period today and I have maybe a couple of hours where I'm not going to be in any pain and I and I know my body and that's what would happen um and I'd go out for a half an hour walk and I'd come back and then I'd wait for this massive pain and then it didn't really come as bad as it used to before so I fully agree with that by the way what what you said to to me about that that getting out for a walk definitely does help period pain so in terms of endometriosis then managing migraines managing um my diet another great thing you said to me at the very beginning was some foods don't agree with people that have endometriosis so I never before linked food and my endo I just thought eh, women's problems, nutrition is separate, you know, which is not right, obviously. Um, the first thing you said to me was, yeah, you know, broccoli doesn't um, suit some people. I said, oh, my gosh, I thought that was just me. Like, bro I can't even look at a head of broccoli. Only I have like pains and cramps and gas and whatever else. So um, just little things. And I think that as a male, I think you can have a much more of an objective um yeah just stance on things and because you work across so many clients like you're saying 45 females you see trends and you see things popping up for people that even a lot of the research probably wouldn't know at this stage um so yeah that's kind of the the endo situation for me and and where I'm at with it but it's been managed which is fantastic um I had another um procedure back uh two weeks ago now and so I had another DNC because they just wanted to double check everything was okay and I also got uh the coil so um that's one of the things that I have that hopefully is going to help my periods going forward um for me as well and I know you've talked about this yourself I had um I also suffered with a clot about nine years ago at this point so um, I had a DVT when I was 25 um, and that's the reason that in a lot of cases they were terrified of me in terms of like dealing with women's health because the first thing they say when you've endometriosis oh put her on the pill put her on the pill everything will be fine um, and they couldn't do that with me and I'll never forget going to my gynecologist and saying he was going through all these things and I was like don't forget I had the DVT uh, he was like oh and he actually put his head in his hands and went 
oh, what am I going to do with you? And I was like, oh my God, this isn't scary at all. <laughs> so it's just so funny that the default is the pill. The default is hormones. The default is, you know, not like, how's your stress? What are you, what's your diet like? It's not that holistic um, approach to your health. Um, it's the westernized, put her on hormones and move her along. So yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, the... Yeah, the the pill to mask an underlying issue is one of those pet peeves. And I've got a, a contraception kind of like pill expert coming on in, I'm interviewing her at this time, what are we doing, 11th or the 11th. Uh, she'll be on next week to talk about everything and stuff like that and how the education, all that kind of stuff needs to improve. Because even when girls have amenorrhea, which is the loss of a cycle, you're literally just causing artificial bleed and the, the pill is just reached for it too often and it's just it's a pet peeve and like the, the amount of times i get that question asked or if i have the consultations which i do at the beginning it's actually scary i think if i had hair it would have been pulled out by now um when it kind of comes to that it's interesting that you talk about kind of like the food and stuff like that the little tweaks that you made the broccoli one seems to come up an awful lot the kind of like the acidic foods like the garlic and the onion seems to come up an awful lot um the calcium seems to come up that sometimes the, the 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 lactose and stuff like that girls with endo may not be able to cope with as much but it is danger in the dose so it's understanding what you can control and then there's a lot of research towards kind of like a gluten-free diet for like three months i think it is uh that can benefit because your body might not be able to break it down as much because of the fibroids and stuff like that so there's a lot an awful lot of weeks every single girl is different as you said I'm not trying to downplay it, but your case may not have been as severe as I've seen girls who have had this, the full-blown surgery uh, and I've seen girls who haven't had it as uh, as bad as well. So it, it, it is very, very people dependent. How important has been the support from family and friends and your husband and stuff like that? Because I think that's underplayed for a lot of people when they go on any sort of journey because no man or woman is an island. And I think it is, you are who you hang around with the most you are who you who you talk to the most especially now like yeah we're all, some people are a little bit um uh, the kind of retreat inside themselves especially on the kind of the lower times it's not easy to talk about this and something with the stigma is you're doing an amazing job and getting rid of that stigma how support how important has the support been for yourself yeah it's been everything um like you say i probably live about an hour from my family so I see them maybe once a week and then so it's just my husband and I then here and thankfully you know with lockdown and everything we get on quite well which is always important <laughs> um so he's very health conscious he's very I mean that's one of the things like we're together nine years or something and that's one of the things that attracted me to him at the beginning was we both went to the gym we both looked after what we we ate and we both had pride in our bodies which is a really important thing as well you have to be proud of how you look you have to you know well you have to I, I guess it's just nice to be um proud of what you're doing and um in terms of support you know uh and I can only really talk about my husband because you know I go down to my mom and dad's and they're they're always going to say oh you look great like you know because they're just happy to see me like they, they you know it's just one of those things but um my husband we go out for walks together we've always kind of exercised together and just with little small things like tips and tricks and different types of foods 
um he came on that journey with me so you know um i was i was like subscribed to a meal plan at the beginning um from a company that sends out meals and that for me was important because i needed to first of all get my head around you know having x amount of calories in in a way and i think that having to prepare dinners would have overwhelmed me to a point so i needed to kind of manage myself there so he he went in on that as well and um we then were losing weight together and we were actually I don't know it's more more enjoyable as well when you have somebody else that is excited about oh I tried this new protein ball or you know that like the little things where people would normally be oh, okay right whatever um back when back in August when we were allowed to go outside of five kilometers I visited my friend in Galway and I was this was the first I guess, holiday or, or weekend away that I had on the plan. And I was nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, you get to a point where you have that level of control and, you know, you're at home every week or every day and you have the food in your fridge and you know what your calories are and you know what you need to do. And then all of a sudden I was going away and I was like, oh gosh, okay, what will I do? Um, and I went to see my friend Mary, who's actually celiac and who's actually a really, really good cook. And I had the healthiest weekend I have ever had. We swam in the sea. We had gluten-free food. Do you know? So yeah, like I guess, like you say, it's the people that you surround yourself with. And thankfully, a lot of my friends as well, we've kind of grown in the same way where, um, you know, particularly Mary and I laughed like 10 years ago, we were going out on the lash. Whereas now we're like, oh no, okay, we're we're looking after our bodies and um, she's been diagnosed celiac. So it just means that I get loads of really cool uh, gluten-free recipes from her. Um, so yeah, the support has been amazing. And I think above anything, people have seen the change in me and in my mindset and in how I'm a little bit more compassionate towards myself. And that's really important for all relationships in your life. It spans into everything. You know, if you're having a crappy day and you're like, oh, I feel crap about myself, that can only spill towards the person that you're interacting with on that day. So maybe you're a little bit more hot-headed or whatever else. So everyone has benefited from it and the support has been fantastic. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it definitely has shown, um, particularly with kind of the training. Like if you're in that bubble if you're kind of doing the training and stuff with your husband and stuff like that or else if you're on a diet with someone or if you're on whatever fitness journey or whatever journey it is i think it's super important to have one or two people you can bounce ideas off i remember you coming back from that trip with your friend and saying it was at the healthiest weekend because i know sometimes when people kind of go on weekends they're kind of like they're lucky if they come home um so it it was a very different type of weekend uh, you mentioned the emotional eating and I think that's one of those things that kind of comes up a hell of a lot and I think a lot of people do kind of battle it on a daily basis like emotional eating everyone's human and I think emotional eating isn't necessarily a bad thing I think that's what the stigma needs to be kind of gotten rid of I think a lot of people when they potentially like emotional eat they attach a certain crutch to themselves and then it's like if you get a flat tire on your car you don't go and puncture the rest of the tires and that so it's like if you have potentially one less nutritious day like you can stop and restart the next day uh, rather than kind of going on for a week and i think it's too easy to kind of like go for like a week or two and then kind of like not feeling amazing about yourself so how did you kind of tweak that for yourself because i know you've spoken about the compassion but was there anything else that you did i think one of the main things 
in this way or in, on this topic is the education um and the education of like what exactly I was eating and when I was eating it so I was never hungry on when when we were working together I was never ever hungry I always um tried my hardest to keep my protein up and that's what you always said to me around the times of like cravings and things like that and around the cravings time is when I would emotionally eat more because I wasn't probably putting the right nutrients into my body to be full to not have my brain thinking about oh my god I would kill for that bar of chocolate and then I get one bar of chocolate and oh, I want three more which is like I say what happened to me at the very beginning so that's what changed it was it was the the knowledge the education and then really it was seeing how my body reacted so like you you have a really good tip of your um chia seeds greek yogurt and a bit of fruit or dark chocolate or whatever else and that became a staple for me every day so i would always find that around four o'clock i would hit a little bit of a slump and i would just have this insatiable craving for something sweet so i built that into my day and i would have my yogurt my chia seeds my um bit of fruit or whatever and then all of a sudden i wasn't hungry and i wasn't hungry until like seven o'clock so my head wasn't going to that place of you know, even if I was stressed or I was under pressure, it wasn't a default of, but I'm actually also hungry. So I would be more inclined to emotionally eat when those two kind of things came together. So it was definitely keeping the hunger at bay, which was super easy and identifying as well, like, okay, I'm, you know, why do I feel like I need to eat right now? Am I hungry? Do I need to get maybe a coffee or do I need to get have a little bit more water um and and challenging myself on that feeling in that moment and filling out the sheet every week and going back to you with feedback really gives you a moment to stop and to assess yourself and to really ask yourself questions and like as to to unveil why you're acting in a in a way that you did um and to say was oh yeah I was stressed that day I had that bar of chocolate grand okay let's just move on um but then not having that like you say as a routine or not having that it's like every day I'm gonna have a bar of chocolate because I am going to be stressed it's like no 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 that was just one day um you have your chocolate that's okay um but how are we going to manage the stress how are we going to manage like for me, a big thing at times, I'm a really good sleeper 90% of the time, but then at times I'll have a random day in a, every couple of months where I just don't sleep or a random night. And that next day, you can guarantee I will want crisps. I will want chocolate. I will want everything. It's a, the equivalent of being hungover, I guess, in a way. Um, so it's addressing the, the really the root of why are you emotionally eating? Why are you craving this um, outside of the cycle stuff? You know, why is um, this meeting causing you to want chocolate? Why are you stressed about the meeting? Are you prepared enough? So it kind of allows you to drill down further into the reasons behind your emotions and the reason behind your your eating as a, a reaction to that. So, yeah, being being keeping myself full, having food. Um, having food at hand like not just heading to the shop grabbing something and coming back having doing a shop having your fruit there having my so I actually have it in the fridge at the moment as well having my chia seeds and my yogurt all done up for a couple of days so that if I do hit that um, maybe I'm, I have cravings or I have it in the afternoon or whatever um, I can just grab the yogurt throw a bit of fruit in on top of it and then just work away or if I really am trying to treat myself even though I know we don't like the word treat but <laughs> even if I am I kind of treat myself I'll have 
30 grams of gluten-free oats with um, some raspberries and some dark chocolate. And that to me now is the equivalent of like a twirl. Do you know what I mean? Like as in swapping out that choice and getting as much from my oats, my chocolate and my raspberries as I do from a big bar of chocolate. What are the oats going to do? They're going to keep me fuller for longer. They're going to stabilize blood sugar or whatever else, but they're also going to kill the craving. Um, whereas the twirl will be fabulous, of course, but you're going to be starving at half an hour later. So it's having that um, acknowledgement and then making that choice between what exactly you're eating. Yeah, I think what you just said there about kind of like finding a substitute, like you can have the, you can have the crisps, you can have the chocolate, um, but if you can make substitutes for those as well, I'm delighted you mentioned that recipe, the the Greek yogurt, the squares of dark chocolate, blueberries, blackberries, chia seeds, strawberries, and if you have an extra sweet tooth, put on a little bit of honey as well. And I think I, I'd gas how many pictures of those I get a day from, from clients. And I, oh, it's great because like, because if the kids are, if the kids want a dessert or something like that and they want ice cream, like by all means have the ice cream or whatever. But it's about like, if this will be a, a, a fuller choice for yourself and, would, and that's ultimately what you want to do. And so I'm delighted you said you weren't hungry because that's not what the point of anything is um, for anything. How have you structured yourself and structured your days in order to kind of get to where you want? Because you, we started in what, June or July? I think it was July. July, July. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was like the height of, of uh, what's going on. I hate the word. I'm not even going to mention the C word. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you kind of create your own routine and kind of have your non-negotiables and your barriers and stuff like that that it was just like this is amy time because i think a lot of people do struggle with that they just kind of let everyone else run their schedule and you've got a high profile job as well so how did you kind of bring that in? how did you bring it into like make amy's day work for amy it's funny you mentioned schedules because I, I i structure schedules for a living so and um, that's what i do um i work for a tech company and i work for a director within a tech company and that's what i do i structure their day i structure their schedule so um you know using those tools to do it for myself was was a no-brainer in one sense um i live on calendar literally nine hours of the day and that is great for things like this so what i would do would be I, I suppose as well for me it's like to maximize your day so where possible to try and get up early um morning walks there's so much to be said for morning walks um if you can get out of bed like some days I can't get out of bed and again that's okay whereas before this I would be like why am I not getting up at six o'clock five days a week it's like it's not sustainable you can't do that so for me trying to get a morning walk in where I can and then a, a huge one for me because like I say I'm working from home um having the workouts on my lunch so the workouts that you give to us they take 20 to 30 minutes you know what I mean it's not oh my god you have to go to the gym for two hours a day like it's not that at all and I think once you realize that once you realize oh I can actually do this on my lunch like it's only 20 to 30 minutes and it's a good workout and you know I'm lifting my weights and I'm getting that kind of like um adrenaline rush from that and then you go back to work afterwards and you're more energized and whatever else so it's that it's it's um structuring your day to suit yourself as well so in some cases I might not want to get up early so I might decide then to go for a walk on my lunch instead um or I'll decide to go for a walk in the evening and I'll do my workout in the morning 
um, having non-negotiables for me was so important and I loved when you brought that term into my life that was just perfect because like I say I live on calendar so whatever's in calendar goes and it's like a, I, I'm like a robot whenever I see workout okay I need to get up and go and do a workout because that's just the nature of my job um, and then on weekends I would l- kind of like relax it a little bit but then on weekends I always ended up getting tons of exercise anyway because we are a couple myself my husband that we go for walks like we could go for an hour walk on a Saturday and a Sunday or we'll always go somewhere different for walks that was only always important but for me to get my actual workouts in during the week that was kind of like my goal was get my three to four workouts in during the week and then it's kind of like you have the weekend off which is not off but you know what I mean like you can kind of like be a little bit more fluid with your schedule with food I didn't apply a schedule whatsoever I you know sometimes like I'm not a breakfast person um and that's fine I might not eat until 12 o'clock and that works for me works perfectly for me I can concentrate better in the morning and some people can't do that and that's totally fine too so it's just to allow myself to eat whenever I wanted to eat um and really just kind of be more conscious of I, I suppose the workouts more so than anything and factoring those into my week that was really important um but again not beating myself up if I only got three out of four or if I didn't get it for like you know whatever reason maybe I had a migraine maybe I wasn't feeling well um having again that level of empathy was really important too I think what you just said there about having the non-negotiables and having that structure and stuff like that and like Amy's even edited my uh the program or the google drive sheet for herself as well so that's how much amy has taken over um in relation you you mentioned Anne marie's episode uh, a few times and one of the things that's that, that struck me and the messages i've got from Anne marie's episode from either team swf or from random dms um is in relation to like the scales progress pictures the metrics that we used in order to kind of measure your progress like i'm not gonna i'm not even going to mention what you lost because every person's journey is different and i don't want person to say right i want to lose x amount because people are different shapes and sizes which is amazing and i don't want someone to say i want to lose that weight because that's like i'll be happy when i'm that weight um how did you change that side of stuff as well because you said you went into those slimming clubs and they anger me so much um how did you stay away from the the scales or how did you implement the scales and learn when to not step on or when to step on or the whole thing with progress pictures did you ever have that kind of struggle of saying right i actually don't want to send this to shane i don't feel amazing or how did that whole thing work for yourself so uh, the progress oh my god the progress pictures (laughs) the first the first one I sent my my husband took the picture and he said Amy you're not going to be happy with these pictures and I said that's fine it's at the beginning of the journey that's okay and I looked at them and I thought no this is okay I actually in that moment strangely enough wasn't hard on myself so I looked at them and I said no this is where I like if I looked perfect why would I be going on this journey not perfect is obviously subjective but perfect for me so he took them and I was like oh okay gosh like I really didn't realize and and I think the progress pictures were so powerful because I knew in my head I wasn't losing weight I wasn't feeling good but then when I saw the pictures I was like oh my gosh my poor body and I actually had that level of empathy for myself like I'm not treating my body right I need to make changes and it just reinforced 
the decision that I'd made to, to come to you to to seek help, I guess. And I remember sending the first picture to you and you were like, listen, nobody likes sending these. And I was like, how would you like sending these? But as time went on and I started to see the little changes in myself. And yeah, some weeks I was harder on myself than others. And some weeks I was like, the pictures look the same as the last week or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that, that totally happened. But then once I came towards the end, it was what I would say is that it was less about the pictures and it was less about the scales and it was less about the measurements. And because there are so many facets that you focus on, it's never like about the scales. It's never like, why were you half a kilo up? You know, it was, and I loved that. I loved that, you know, maybe my scale, the scales didn't change, but maybe my inches went down or maybe I just had a really great week and I got tons of walking in, but the scales didn't change but I did everything I could, or maybe my pictures looked great, but I'm actually the same weight as I was two weeks ago. Um, so having the, the, the levels and the, the facets of measuring yourself is so important because we all grow up with, well, not grow up, but I guess we're all conditioned to um, the scales. And I'm really glad you said what you did just there now, because I don't like to tell people my weight. And it's, again, it's not because I, I have any shame associated with it whatsoever. It's because in the past I have been that person that I've been like, oh my gosh, she's X weight. I need to be X weight. Like I just used to get this number stuck in my head. When you and I had our initial con, our initial conversation, you said, okay, you have X amount of kilos in your head. Like where does that number come from? And I probably gave you an answer, but I also didn't really know, to be completely honest. And that's not helpful, you know, because like, what about if you lose half of that, but your body is so energized, you look amazing, you feel brilliant. Surely that should be a factor and that should be factored in. And by by taking the pictures and by using your measurements and also by looking at your calories and your steps at times, all of that creates a picture. And for me, it, while it started out like oh gosh like you know the the pictures and whatever else it started out negative but it always grew to a positive because even if I wasn't happy with my pictures I knew I got a lot of steps in or if I wasn't happy with my weight I knew my inches had come down or leveled off or whatever so it, it was really kind of chalking things down to yeah you're not going to have a week where your inches come down your weight comes down your pictures look amazing you hit the perfect calories you hit the perfect amount of steps and again, I go back to Amory's episode where, um, you know, you, you try to lose that level of I must be perfect. Everything needs to be perfect. Lose that perfectionism and just do what you can do within that time frame. And that that, you know, once you know in your heart of hearts, you've put in the effort, then that should be enough. Yeah, I think that I've literally, as as you were talking there, I was writing down like for the sound bar, for the sound notes that kind of come up for the beginning of the, for the little advertisement for the episode. And I think that is, that is that even if the scales isn't moving, even if the measurements aren't going down, even if your photos aren't, aren't changing or they haven't changed in two weeks, it's kind of like, well, what have you done? What have you focused on? What, like, are you, how are you, how am I feeling? Am I energy okay? Am I being self-compassionate to myself? Have I got my steps in? Have I got my sessions in? Am I having energy for my family or my loved ones or whatever it may be? And focusing on those. You can't have a negative without a positive. You have to realize that there is something. It is difficult to get away from that whole shit-colored lens or looking through life as a shit-colored lens. And it's not easy at the minute. Some people default into it easier than others. Don't get me wrong, but it is sometimes like it is about like I'm massive on like positive affirmations to people and doing the journaling and 
as you said, self-compassionate towards yourself. And it has to be even a small little sentence each day will, or not even each day, like whenever you are a little bit like low. And it's like that thing that Dr. Amen talks about, the anti-negative thoughts, the ants answer infest your garden or your kitchen when there's when this when this when we have a thing called sun um and it's about kind of saying to yourself for every negative thought give a positive affirmation say two or three things that are positive about yourself um and not looking at a negative lens and it is it's it is difficult for people don't get me wrong they've lived there for so long um amy i cannot thank you enough for being so honest your journey through from endometriosis for the talk about the emotional eating, how you've managed, how you've tweaked things. Um, and I'm cannot wait for people to kind of hear this because I think it needs to be spoken about a lot more. Um, and where can people find out about your YouTube channel? Where can people give you a follow if you want to use that as well? Um, I only realized Amy had a YouTube channel only recently. Um, so that's not that's that's a boo-boo by me uh, but where can people find that out thank you it's like I call it a baby YouTube channel it's just something for myself it's fun I'm at strawberry strawberry blonde by Amy all one word on both Instagram and my YouTube channel it's the same so I talk a lot about mental health about women's problems and then there's some makeup and hair stuff thrown in there as well so um yeah it's not it's you know it's just to try and talk more like I say about women's health and to, to bring in more into conversations and I I I like want to extend the gratitude back to you Shane as well like thank you for being a male who's an advocate for women's health and who is helping get the word out about different things that you know up until recently men were afraid to talk about and as women we all still have men in our lives that are very much like ooh women's issues women's health like they they think that it's so taboo and um so I just want to thank you for your advocacy and for your work that you do and your understanding of the the female body I think that um myself and all your other clients I don't doubt are just extremely grateful for the work that you do Amy I can't I didn't even pay her to say that um but Amy <laughs> thank you so much for coming on guys if you've enjoyed the episode at all which i've no doubt you guys have please do pop amy a message or myself a message and share it up on your stories this needs to be heard and that's why i, I kind of make sure to kind of get clients on to share because it's, it's all well and good as a coach saying x y and z but there is a story behind everyone's journey and that story needs to be heard and that's why i will continue to do the client journeys as long as clients will be looking to kind of have a chat amy thank you so much for coming on thank you so much as well i'm delighted to have done this